Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Welcome to The Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Okay, folks, deep breath. You've had the Christmas dinner. You're absolutely sick and tired of alcohol and food and excess. And you fell asleep on the couch after your Christmas dinner as well, I'm sure. Like everybody does, that food coma. Well, in today's episode, we thought we would bring you the New Year, New You episode. How to get the right resolution to stay on track this year and to ensure you don't make all the mistakes that you've made in previous years. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Peter Thornton, Leia Healthcare Health Coach, and Pat Dibley, Motivational Expert, Coach and Speaker. Thank you guys for coming in. Thanks for having us. How was Christmas? It was all right. Yeah, the usual, catching up with people and uh, yeah, getting a break, so it was good. Good. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Great to have some time off. Christmas is nice for downtime. It's 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 something I love. Work it's it's busy, and all of a sudden in December, in terms of health, mid December, everyone goes on the tear, and it's all lights out and parties, and work life calms down a bit. Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a lovely time to reflect. I, I reflect probably a little bit strong, but to look at the year in terms of fitness, in terms of health, in terms of business, and how things have gone, and it's around now, like Christmas Day was what three days ago, that people start to look to next year. They start looking at weight loss or fitness goals or whatever. So I thought we put an episode together to bring people through a process of how to set the right goals, how to get those New Year's resolutions right, because so many people do them wrong. Um, we're going to kick it off with one of the key bits that I think most people probably don't do, which is the planning and the preparation phase. Um, the analogy I would use here is that if you're building a house, you do the foundations first and then you build it up from there. And good foundations and you need a good house. In terms of resolutions, it's pretty much the same in terms of planning and preparation. Pat, uh, I know I've seen you speak. It's a key thing for you to kind of to look, to analyse and, pl- and putting plans in place. Yeah, I suppose there's, there's a couple of different elements to this. Uh, one of the things I would always encourage people to do is look at their starting point. Not as a means of guilting yourself or making yourself feel bad, but... A lot of people are setting goals based on no kind of solid foundation. We talk about foundation. You know, you'll hear people say, I want to get to 10% body fat with no indication of where they're currently at or they want to make X amount of money not knowing what they're currently making. So unless we get honest and true about where we start from, I don't think we can be honest about where we're trying to go. So that's that will be step one. And that, that, that's often the hardest bit, isn't it? The, the, yeah. the initial... I've put on weight or my clothes don't fit or I can't, you know, I've got out of the gym route. That honestly, the honesty at the start is often the hardest bit. Yeah, and I would always tell people, look, the the lower you feel you're starting from, the more potential you've got to grow and you've got that rapid growth you're going to see at the start. So definitely don't beat yourself up about your starting point. The more honest is that idea the truth will set you free. If we close our eyes and pretend everything's good and we're doing fine and everything else, then we can't really grow. But if you say, right, I'm not happy with X, Y, and Z. I am happy with these other areas. Let's grow from here. You really give yourself a, a somewhere to start from. So I think that's that's key. Get pen and paper. I'm always about pen and paper. Uh, as you say, you've got a bit of headspace at Christmas where you're not 
up to the walls with things to do and you've got that reflection period whether you consciously do it or you don't you do start to get ideas coming through and consciously getting pen and paper and say for 20 minutes okay what worked what didn't work in 2018 what's the big ambition for 2019 where am i starting from where would i like to go and that's that's the start of it all it's like a gps you need to know your starting point you need to know your destination and you don't need a thousand directions at once. You just need step by step by step. So. Yeah, because too much gets confusing yeah. for people without a doubt. And Peter, I'm sure you've seen that with clients as well, that when they try to overwhelm themselves with, I've got to do five, six, seven, eight different things. Ideally, it's probably better to pick one or maybe two to focus on and make it really specific, make those work for your lifestyle and work toward those. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, keeping it simple is one of the most important things when um, planning your goals, as you mentioned earlier. Um, being kind of aware, reflecting at the end of the year, um, kind of what you have achieved maybe in that year or where you're currently at. You can then kind of plan more realistic goals. But definitely concentrating on maybe achieving one thing at a time or two goals most is the is a great way to go about it because, as you mentioned, there people generally become overwhelmed. They're trying to think about maybe tackling too many things together. And then in January, what you often see is people, you know, we've come through a phase where we've probably been definitely eating a bit too much, drinking a bit too much. Lifestyle is a bit, a bit all over the place and we try and change everything at the same time. And um, it's just a bit overwhelming and kind of what happens then is, you know, maybe a few weeks in you start to slip one one little thing at a time and you're, you're kind of reverting back to It all begins to unravel. Absolutely. That's a good word for it, unraveling. So just by concentrating on one thing at a time, um, it gives you a great sense of achievement as well. Then when you've achieved that one thing, you build a bit of uh, positive momentum, I think, and that kind of might carry you through the year. So one of the ways I think for that we've seen with clients, I'm sure you guys have too, that reflection bit's important. Brain dump, get a pen and paper. I'm uh, pen and paper in my hand. Okay, old school. Um, but it, it's that brain dump of what didn't work this year, then working it back, and then what you want to do next year. Make make making your top two, top three, maybe, and picking the one that's really, really important, and building your planning and your preparation around that. Do you both have ideals in terms of time frame goals that you think people should work towards? Like, is it four weeks? Is it six weeks? Is it a twelve month? Or, or how do you find what's the best time frame in terms of motivation for people, Pat? I think for me, I always try to get people working to 12 weeks. I think that's kind of a tangible enough timeline that you can do something substantial, but it's not so long as that you're going to fall off the wagon. So I would start with 12 weeks, which is 90 days. Mm -hmm. um, my belief is that if you're focused for 90 days, you can achieve a year's worth of results in 90 days in any area, as opposed to kind of doing it on a, on a small basis throughout the year without focus. So I would say 90 days and then you'll break it down to 30 day target and 60 day target. So effectively, it's like a trip from Galway to Dublin. You have a couple of stops along the way. You refuel, you think about the journey, uh, you take a little break and you move on. So 12 week plan, uh, have a monthly target, have a plan for month two mm -hmm. and make sure you're on track. And it's just a case of course correcting. It's the case that if I've got a 90 day goal and I get to day 30 and I'm way off track, I can either be honest with myself and say maybe the goal was a little bit outside of my reach, I can readjust, or maybe the plan just isn't in line with the goal and I need to, need to readjust the plan. So it's, it's kind of, it's course correct rather than kind of saying, oh, I've failed or I'm off track or whatever it is. We've got a tendency, if we're not completely on track, to say, oh, throw it out the window and slash all the tires because one of them is flat, you know. <laughs> so 12-week uh, targets would be yeah. my, Great. my belief. Peter? Yeah, same same as Pat there. Kind of um, what I generally do with kind of clients and myself is I might have a few broader goals kind of throughout the year, maybe a few events and stuff that I'd like to take part in. And then I think you can kind of periodize your training then based around those. So, um, but yeah, maybe kind of six to 12 weeks in around that range, I think is kind of a good bracket to kind of 
and then you can kind of have a bit of a review and stuff like that. But it shouldn't be too far away that it's kind of it's way off in the distance and it should be give you enough time to kind of achieve a few goals as well. So, okay, so 12 weeks is vaguely what we're looking at, yeah. folks. And the key thing from chatting to both of you is the review word. I like that. Mm. So, you know, set a 12 week target and review it every potentially four weeks. Whatever isn't working, adjust it and make it work for the next four weeks and then review it again. So, you know, bigger, slightly bigger bigger goal and then break it up every four weeks. Absolutely. Review it, assess it, improve it and then yeah. move on for the next four weeks. There's this idea with an airplane when it's going, we'll say from Dublin to New York, that the majority of the flight is actually off course in accordance to where it's supposed to be. But there's the autopilot that will pull it back into where it's supposed to be. So in the same regard, it's like a 12 week plan. Every week I reassess, OK, I'm a little bit off track with the food side of things not a problem just course correct and that's kind of a better attitude than again throwing the things out the pram because it's not perfect something doesn't work because perfect per- there's, there's no such thing as perfect that's one of the big things is it holds us back you know so we're going to have dips you're going to have days where maybe you fall off the wagon you're going to have days where you don't feel motivated where you miss a training session and don't that's let that okay that is okay and it's really good to get some people in the, the space in a room together and say you know what that's cool yeah. it's okay to have a bad day to, to eat something wrong or to not get your exercise done because that's life that's just that's normality yeah. and the the we're always harping on about the instagram generation but it very much is that that idea of perfection but it just looks perfect it doesn't always work like that and it's cool not to be perfect that's perfect that's perfectly normal. um <laughs> it's essential it's 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 the norm i mean you're not you're never gonna a taxi driver once said to me that success the biggest illusion people have is that success is uh, a to b in a straight line in any area and he said if you think of a heart rate monitor that represents death and he said, the ups and downs and ups and downs on a heart rate monitor is life. And so is the case with any journey that we go on. Um, but again, it, it's it's course correct. Um, what I see in January for a lot of people is they have a great January. They might hit 20 workouts, eat really well, drink lots of water, which is a million miles away from maybe where they were in December when they had mm-hmm. a heap of pints. So they've made huge progress. And then they maybe have one bad weekend, quote unquote, in February. And what do they think about? They only think about two bad days rather than 30 amazing days. So you always have to look back at again, okay, what were my mini wins over the last month? And that's where the confidence comes from, I think. So, Peter, in terms of habit forming, I want to talk about habits. Um, One of the key kind of phrases in terms of the health space is, you know, it's 30 days to create a new habit or four weeks to create a new habit. Um, What are the simplest habits people should be aiming to to get into their their, their new life for, for January? Yeah, I suppose concentrating on the, the simple things. So as you mentioned there, it takes about 30 days to develop a habit and then it's about kind of uh, 60 days before it becomes ingrained. Um, just again, concentrating on the simple things. Can we move more? Can we become more active? Can we clean out our diet? So things like maybe on a Sunday evening, every Sunday evening you do a weekly shop, you know, and you, you populate your your presses and stuff like that, your fridge with Populate nice... Populate your presses. Nice, healthy options. <laughs> That's a great... I've never heard that. That's a really good phrase. I quite like that. Nice, uh, healthy <laughs> options and stuff like that, you know. And um, so then you can kind of start ingraining those habits into your routine. But um, I remember an interesting thing uh, my college lecturer said before was um, kind of a lot of the research, what people taught initially was you were in the right frame of mind, then you would start adopting the habits. But all of the research now shows that simply by doing something, so by becoming more active you then start to create the habits so the neural pathways in your brain. So it's kind of, you're never going to be in the right place. You simply have to start doing something first of all, and then hopefully create that habit loop. But it's about, about sticking with it. And as Pat said, you're going to have setbacks, you know, bad days, bad weeks, stuff like that. That's perfectly normal, but then you get back on track then and keep going. And presumably it's about picking the right habits. So, yeah. for example, the really drastic ones are very difficult to maintain in the long term. They might last, the January gym member effect, or they might last for three weeks or four weeks, but smaller habits over a long period of time make a bigger difference 
it's kind of like the sky cycling team like the one percent rule of one percent over a long period of time you know adds up to a bigger thing so simple habits pick some one that's simple for your lifestyle and just keep at them every single day for that period of four up to 12 weeks and as we were chatting about earlier on yeah exactly something you can incorporate into your lifestyle so what i often see in january kind of is people go from we've like it's a bad month december anyway so we, we haven't been really that active maybe we're consuming more calories and then we go and train like a professional athlete then in january and it's just <laughs> uh, it's not realistic and kind of you know you the only way you can go is backwards then so just do a simple thing maybe three days a week you know being active for 30 minutes you can incorporate incorporate that easily into your hopefully into your kind of weekly plan and stuff like that and then you have a, a better chance of maintaining that going forward okay so pick small habits and make them work for your, your diary and your lifestyle mm. pat your own tips yeah two little things um that I, I think are important on habit one is environment so sometimes we're too reliant on willpower and that is to say i'm always going to be motivated because it's january and it's new year new me and all this kind of stuff that's let us down in the past um so it's going to let us down again so i think environment is important um and what i mean by that is if i want to drink more water I've got to have lots of water in the house, at mm -hmm. the office, in the car, at the front door. Put them where you're going to be. Put the things where you're going to be. The other thing with habits that I was reading a book recently by a guy called James Clear, um, and, and he talks about the Sky Team with the 1% improvements. But he was talking about the idea that if you want to get rid of a habit, you want to put as many um, steps between you and the habit as possible. So, for example, if it's uh, you want to watch less TV, plug out the TV maybe turn your sofa facing a different direction and it might sound a bit daft but now you've got to consciously think about it or if you want to use social media less on your phone maybe put the um, social media icons into a folder within your oh, phone oh yeah hide them yeah and then, like, on, and then yeah. on the flip side like I say if you want to implement a habit take away the steps so um I'm not I like that social media one. That's good. Yeah, I that. yeah, really. Actually, I don't know if people have the new iOS uh, update on iPhone and it tells you how many hours it's you're spending. It's frightening. It is frightening. It yeah. is the scariest <laughs> thing yeah. ever. Uh, if you've got an iPhone for Christmas, then anyone uh, check that out. It, it will review your week and tell you how long you've spent on your phone, on certain apps. Yeah. And it is apps. I've got, yeah, I've got two or three reviews already and it frightens me. It's frightening. It really is. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. It comes back to what we talked about when we said assess your year and get honest about your position. You know, we probably all tell ourselves to spend an hour a day on social media and then you look at the app and it's, and it's like five it's, or here's, six. Here's reality. Yeah, yeah so. It's mad. Um, um, like that. That's really, yeah. So create the environment. That's yeah, really, really good. Yeah, create the environment. And then again, if you want to uh, implement something new, try to make it as, as few steps as possible. Mm -hmm. So again, if I've got the intention of eating more healthy fats and I go to the fridge and, or go to the presses and there's no nuts or avocados or anything there, I'm likely to not do that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, get them in there. I'm not going to want to... We're too reliant on willpower. An environment will always trump willpower. So how can you set your environment up for success? How can you minimize the steps needed for your, your goal? And the last thing on habits... Sorry, I'm going off on no, one. Um, we think about... We've got... The last year has flown by, it's 12 months, uh, and we always think of the future as the next 12 months are going to last forever, but it'll be, we won't know it, and it'll be 2020. So if you were to implement one thing a month for the next 12 months, it would completely change any area of your life. And I say you, if any of us were to, um, it would have a massive impact. So focus on the, on the small things each month. Go for the low-hanging fruit. So again, don't go for the magic supplements mm -hmm. or anything if you're not drinking water. Um, start with the basics and build upon that. Yeah, great advice. Good. Um, okay, let's take it on to my favorite topic. I love this. Uh, fad diets and myths <laughs> and, and just things that just don't work um, that we would love to tell people about. We're going to use this kind of pedestal to, to tell people. Um, Peter, give me three. Give me three of the most common myths that you see with clients or that you see in the workspace environments in terms of health. What are the, the three that you'd love to, to debunk for people? 
I suppose the, the the one that occurs more most often is kind of that there is a short term fix. Oh yeah, you know, kind particularly of the, in the next week, folks, you are going to be accosted and advertised and marketed to by every <laughs> single quick fix solution that will make it look lovely and easy and glamorous and fabulous and all the soap stars will have their 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 dvds out that they haven't really done to get in shape for that dvd <laughs> this is what's going to happen there is no quick fix there's no quick fix no it is um so it's yeah they're going to be absolutely bombarded over the the next few days and right through january with quick fixes but um it's a lifestyle change really you know you need to incorporate um subtle changes kind of you know that you can maintain going forward and then you can kind of hopefully keep that going for for the remainder of the year and then kind of uh, throughout your life uh, moving forward but um, what we often see is that people will kind of gravitate maybe towards a short-term fix but then you're, you're going to rebound pretty quickly then kind of so the first tip is and it's the it's one of the most powerful ones is exactly that if it looks too easy if it looks too <sighs> Easy, nice, friendly, lovely, simple, it, uh, and promises amazing numbers and results. It doesn't work. Uh, save your money. You work extremely hard for it. So why spend it on that? Just spend it on something that takes a little bit longer. So be honest about the fact that it's a longer process over the course of a twelve month, uh, twelve weeks, and then twelve months uh, time frame. And the quick fix just doesn't work. Like the first one. Okay, good. Um, I suppose something else would be kind of that you, you can't have maybe a particular food in your diet or something like that, or you, you have to kind of completely remove a certain kind of food group or something like that from your diet. Um, as you've often talked about, Carol, 80-20 rule, you know, there's room for absolutely everything in your in your diet and food should be enjoyed and stuff as well. But as long as you're making good kind of healthy decisions the vast majority of the time and concentrating on whole foods, you can afford to enjoy yourself and stuff as well. That's all yeah, so part live, of it. Live a little. Live a little. Including enjoy, in January. Enjoy food. Yeah, it's important. That 80-20 approach is really good any uh, elimination diet where you're cutting one full fruit food group out of your diet is not good and it's not healthy and again it's not going to last in the, in the long term no question about it um and the third one i'm sure you probably see is the fact that people think they can out train a bad diet absolutely and that's just not true either especially yeah. as you get older yeah certainly your metabolism is going to slow down a little bit as you get older but i think i can remember one of your podcasts before carolyn were talking about you can't um, eat mcdonald's you know seven days a week and then out train <laughs> it um, but um that's absolutely right it doesn't matter how much training you do kind of and stuff like that you know eventually kind of a bad diet is going to catch up with you so and nutrition diet is, is about 70 percent of achieving your goals so you know you're going to make um life very very difficult for yourself if you've got a bad as, diet particularly as you age yeah. uh, as i hit my late 30s now it's even more prevalent in the fact that my I, my food has to be really good if it's not like gain weight very very quickly and it's just it's frightening it's mad make, make it easy on yourself <laughs> Pat top three um, I would say the first one is, is you don't have to train like a maniac uh, to get in shape so we see these memes online with people passed out on the floor after their workouts and stuff like that and that's almost become sensationalised and glamorised it doesn't have to be that um, I think you have to find something you enjoy and doing consistently you won't stick with something you don't enjoy um, we touched on uh, we were talking about the guy in Ireland's fittest family holding from the bar for seven, seven minutes seven and a half and minutes we, unbelievable <laughs> and we, used, we, we were jokingly saying it's farmer strength but farmer strength is someone who's consistently doing work and they develop strength over time as opposed to again the crossfit athlete who feels the need to be pan uh, sorry i'm not knocking on crossfit by the way when i say that do, do your own thing but um uh, you don't need to to beast yourself in order to get in shape you just need to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday um good. second myth um i would say everything works to a certain degree 
And what I mean by that is, you know, we can be fast to knock one diet or the other or to jump on the bandwagon of something or to to villainize uh, certain ways of doing things. For the most part, most things will work if you're consistent with them. But where the disconnect is, we start one thing and then we get distracted by a magazine cover next month and then we see something online the following month and we never get the results of any plan because we're going from one thing to the next to the next. So a lot of plans will work. Vegan works, paleo works, you know, all these things work. Um, maybe not everything's completely optimal. Um, but try to stick with something for those 8 to 12 weeks. And I think it has to work for you. Yeah, That's exactly. That's the, the key bit. What, what works for one person doesn't work for another person. Yeah. We, 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 as part of the Christmas presents episode, Alex was in chatting about, um, he was talking about dnafit.com, I think, maybe, oh, or dot .ie, which was you can send a swab of your DNA off to get a sample, and they send you back a full report on your body and what works for you. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of diets, you know, everyone will react differently. Yeah. And that's a really important just because your friend lost whatever amount of weight doing a certain thing doesn't necessarily mean that you will so find the one that works for you yeah I think more than anything with that just give yourself the uh, give yourself a chance by sticking to whatever it is that you sign up to for six to eight weeks again uh, what can happen is I think uh, this is definitely my mentality unfortunately but I always try to steer myself away from it um, I'll start something and it's going okay for two weeks and then you might plateau or you might struggle or you might hit a roadblock or something comes up and suddenly something else far away looks shiny and you want to jump onto that plan <laughs> And we have this recurring cycle. It happens yep. again and again. So whatever you sign up to in January, um, the best pl- the best diet plan in the world is the one you stick to. Um, so stick to it for six to eight weeks. That will be the second uh, idea, I think. Great. Perfect. Third uh, myth. Third myth. Um, ooh, what's the third myth? I suppose just on a bigger scale with goals, people have this uh, idea that I'll be happy when, fill in the blank. Mm. I'll be happy when I get a six pack or I hit a certain number on the scales or I buy a house or I find a partner. Um, unfortunately it's a bit like riding happiness on a tennis ball throwing the ball and chasing it and getting it for a few seconds and then throwing the ball again and spending your whole life doing that um you need to be happy in the process and that's such a cliche thing to say but how can you find more joy in the things that you're doing um how can you enjoy your training a little bit more how can you make the food a bit more uh tolerable is not the word but uh a part of the lifestyle Mm -hmm. um any of our friends that we know that are fitness fanatics if you want to call them that or live a healthy lifestyle they really do live the lifestyle as opposed to going to the gym and killing themselves a few times a week and being uber strict with their food they just live healthy mm-hmm. um, so try to move toward that I like that the happiness one is good and like I've followed yourself for a long time and that's something that's, that's matured into your online a lot of your online content and even I've seen you, I've seen you talk yeah. once as well and the happiness thing is really good it's 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 being content and happy and grounded with what you have well that that comes from uh, me chasing everything under the sun in my 20s and 31 now but i spent the last five years uh wanting wanting uh, to be known wanting to make money wanting to and achieved a lot of the things i wanted to achieve and i said geez i'm not i'm still not content in myself and the last couple of years has been what do i enjoy doing i enjoy jujitsu i enjoy writing i enjoy spending time with certain people so I do those things every mm-hmm. day and everything else takes care of itself. So what are the daily things you can do? Um, once you start doing the things you enjoy daily, you won't want for much in your life, I think. Good. I love it. Folks, you're listening to The Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. We're rocking through these. Okay, so the first kind of three things, all the planning, getting the right habits, the time frame, kind of, you know, 12 weeks initially review every four weeks and we've just dispelled a load of lovely myths there love that love doing that um we've two more things i want to have a look at one is uh mindfulness and peter this is a i i'm this is an important one i think people miss in terms of and people can get put off by the word mindful mindfulness i think it's a good word but it 
basically is doing what you're doing when you're doing it and not being distracted by everything else, I think. But it is really important in terms of health. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it's a it's a huge buzzword at the moment, kind of, and uh, people might uh, shy away from it because it's associated with maybe meditation and stuff like that. But another aspect of mindfulness is just drawing your attention to the present moment, and kind of that could be anything. Kind of as as Pat touched on there, um, it can it can often make you a lot happier. So kind of. And um, when you're dealing with people, when you're talking to people, you know, to concentrate on them, if you're if you're exercising or doing your workout, you know, kind of to enjoy your workout, kind of if it's going for a hike or something like that, instead of having your phone out all the time, you know, recording it, really appreciating uh, the time you have in nature. If it's Phones and mindfulness. I love that. There so you that, go. <laughs> From my end of it, the, the key tip there is that you put your phone away a little bit more. So if you're having breakfast, have it without your without your phone, have dinner without your phone, sleep without your phone. Just, yeah, you know, absolutely. phones and mindfulness don't go together because people have a phone in one hand or they're doing an activity in the other hand or they're eating and it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the wrong, it's just for, for health and for lots of reasons, it's the wrong way to approach it. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of there is always the irony of um, listening to kind of maybe mindfulness apps and stuff like that on your phone. <laughs> it's a bit ironic. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, kind of uh, spending time without your phone is a great way of being yeah. mindful, you know, because our phone, um, it does take our attention away from the present moment, you know. And we've all had that situation where, you you know, a particular email goes off and you, you know that it's something you have to do for work or something like that. And it can uh, stress you out, but it draws your attention away maybe from the current moment. But anything, you know, you can uh, practice mindful eating, you can go for a shower and it can be mindful you know you can watch a movie it can be mindful but just trying to draw your attention to the present moment as much as possible and um, and just trying to in- enjoy the moment we have as Pat said instead of kind of chasing things all the time just enjoy the present moment and where you're at and that has a tendency to slow us down a little bit and life is so busy and so fast and so much going on by being mindful you just, it slows you down and gets you to focus on what you're doing in that kind of at that time which is incredible for your mental health for your physical health for your gut health presumably when you're eating and from your emotional health i would imagine yeah absolutely kind of slowing down is it's absolutely fantastic for you you know you'll be able to see if you were to record the likes of your heart rate maybe your blood pressure you know taking particular measurements like that you know you will see all those will drop when you come into a relaxed state which is absolutely fantastic and and also your maybe your mind as well you know sometimes you know your mind can be racing a little bit and then when you become more mindful you can see that maybe your thought patterns your thought processes will start to slow down and things become a little bit kind of clearer and less stressed out in general less stressed out is very very good Pat, I want to talk to you about the final one, which I think is really important. Um, people set targets, they set goals, and sometimes it just doesn't work. It just doesn't happen. And people view it as failure. They fall off the wagon, they go back to their old ways, and six weeks' time, they're back to where they were. Yeah. And I want to talk about tips and ways to get around that, okay. um, about how to view it slightly differently, to flip it into a positive as opposed to a negative. Okay. And to make, you know, just finding ways to keep on track even when you fall off the wagon a night out or whatever causes it. Yeah. Because I think that's really, really important. I think it's the final thing that most people, you know, something's going to happen. It's going to be a bump in the road somewhere. It has yeah. to be. And if yeah. there's not, there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. how we react to those bumps that, you know, will keep us healthy in the long term. Yeah, so the kind of, I think the... Um the ironic thing with goals is that they can goal setting is great and everything else, but it can actually debilitate you in a way in the sense that if I'm attached to things having to look a certain way and I'm attaching my happiness to that, in other words, a number on the scales and I don't hit the number on the scales, 
I could have had six months of really well, really good eating. I could have improved my fitness levels. I could have hit a lot of other targets, but just because I didn't do it exactly as I had in my mind, I had one way that it had to look. And because it didn't show up that one way, I stressed myself out. So we need to be careful of that. Have the goal, but don't be so attached to the goal that it's the only means of you feeling happy and confident and everything else. Um, I think having kind of broader targets, like I have targets that I want to get a little bit better in terms of my fitness and my relationships and my presence every day. Now, that doesn't tie me to having to do things in an exact way. So mm-hmm. there's less of a chance of failure, quote unquote. Um, I think that's important. I think another thing with failure to consider is look back to your past uh, and recognize the times where you maybe you see yourself to have failed. One, see that you probably learned a lot from those situations. That's important to note. The other thing worth looking at is, is why did you fail in the past? Because sometimes January, we could go and try to achieve the same thing as we did last year with no reflection of the past. And... Um, I got my friend John Burke and Peter O'Connell, two guys that climbed Everest. I always use this analogy that the boys don't go to Everest and look at the weather forecast and say, oh, it's looking good. We'll go up without any tools or equipment. We'll be all good. Because if they did, they'd start walking up and they'd have to turn around if the weather went bad. So they do hope for good weather, but they bring all the tools and they bring everything they need for things go bad. And in the same light, we do hope that 2019 is going to bring us the perfect plan and we're going to go well with our fitness but do have a plan in place and think about problems and prescriptions so think about 10 potential problems you're going to come up against in the next three to six months with your health goals and then give yourself prescriptions so problem number one i'm not going to be motivated what's my prescription get a training partner problem Mm -hmm. number two uh, i'm not going to have time to prep my meals Uh, solution is this and and um, that's a good way of of learning from past failure Uh, and then again dealing with failure going forward um the question is what's the lesson i can take from this and the other question is, what are the wins in this? Because there's always wins. There's always a win somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we just tend to, it's this idea, 100 people say something nice about you, one person says something negative, that's where our mind tends to go. So you have to consciously train yourself to find the good within everything that's happening. Um, the, the simplest tool I, I encourage people to do just across the board is at the end of each day, write down three meaningful things that happened in the day that moved you forward. Uh, so you could have had the worst day, quote unquote, ever. But you might say, well, I had a good conversation with a friend of mine. I got out for a walk and the kids were going crazy, but I didn't lose the head. You know, that could be your three meaningful wins. Uh, but you have to train yourself to get away from that negative and get away from the, the idea of failure and um, find the things to support you. Okay, and plus a lot of learning from previous experiences. It's that preparation that we started the whole uh, interview on. Planning, Mm. preparation, reflection. Mm. That's the key bit that most people miss out on. By planning and preparing and reflecting, you're building yourself for success. Do not not tell yourself that this year is different. Like, that's one of the biggest lies we can tell ourselves as well. This year is different. I listen to the podcast and I'm motivated now. Yeah, you're motivated now maybe. But a week from now, when stress, when our stress goes up, which it inevitably, inevitably will go up, our willpower tends to go down. And that's when we need to have these strategies in place. And that's when we need to have kind of prepared in advance, as you talk about. Yeah, so. It's getting ready for when times get tough. Yeah. In yeah, terms of work, your, in terms your, of family or whatever yeah. it may be. Whatever your triggers are. We all have triggers. Yeah. Stress is generally a big one. And it's just prepping and putting strategies in place to deal with that when it happens. And yeah. accountability partner is always a good one. Accountability partner, the environment that we talked about, you know, the uh, if, if you've got wine in the house and you don't want to drink wine <laughs> and you get stressed, you're probably going to drink the wine, you know, so get it out of the house. But, you know, think about these things because, again, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst, I think, is, is an important one. Great. Final question, guys, for the pair of you. Um, I want your resolutions for the year. I want to see what you guys are planning to do this year. Um, what's ahead for yourselves and uh, and what are you going to do, Peter? Um, 
I suppose for me, kind of, um, I've had a pretty good uh, 2018. I achieved uh, kind of some of my goals. One of my goals was to to get outdoors more, kind of to hike more. Um, I kind of, I climbed Mount Tukal in Morocco back in May with a friend of mine and kind of maybe something else like that, but just to kind of keep moving in the direction I'm going, uh, try and get a little bit better, learn a little bit every day, read more, kind of things like that. But I'm quite happy with my progress this year. So just to kind of build on more that again. Same. So yeah, more of the same, get outside in nature more, read a little bit more, again, phone away. Coming from a very <laughs> contented place. There's a lovely contentness in your in your voice and how you describe stuff. And where can people uh, follow you or find out more about you? Is there uh, Instagram or, or online or anything? Yeah, so Instagram there at uh, Peter Thornton Wellness. And um, I suppose as I said, um, I'm a health coach with uh, Leia Healthcare. So I'm part of that initiative at the moment, which is um, kind of um, a well-being-based um, holistic approach, kind of um, which can be um, targeted through both um, uh, public and corporate settings. Um, it does an initial consultation and um, diet plans, workout routines, e-learning material, all that sort of thing attached to it as well. So I can be um, Peter Thornton Wellness there on Instagram or else through uh, Lay Healthcare's Health Coach Initiative. Fantastic. Pat, what's ahead for the year? Um, lots of lectures. Lots of, le- lots of lectures. More mountains, hopefully. Um, kind of the same. Ironically, you know, the, I was the goal setting guy for a long time. And if you spoke to me four or five years ago, I remember you were at a seminar of mine a couple of years ago. And if you had asked me then, I would have told you I want 10 houses and I want this, that and the other. Uh, now I'm content just to do a bit of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu training, um, meditate and write for a little bit every day, do my work. And, uh, you know, I don't want a lot anymore. And kind of, again, if I can do the things day to day that I enjoy, I'm, I'm happy out. So, yeah. Cool. And people could follow you or find out more about you? Yeah, uh, patively.com or uh, Instagram or any of the social platforms, uh, same thing. So, yeah. Fantastic. I got to acknowledge you as well before before we finish because you were you were, uh, you were the first trainer that was doing big things back in the day uh, before Instagram and before everything else. I was watching you. I, I, I lived up here when I started as a trainer 10 years ago, 11 years ago, and uh, you were the first guy, so... Wow. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you very much. Um, God, it's a big group love in here in studio <laughs> for the Real Health Podcast today. There's lots of contentment. I hope you can feel that because even in studio, there's just a sense of there's, there's a lovely air of life is good. And, you know, the whole theory behind today's session was to give you tools for the year coming that you don't make the very same mistakes again um, to bring two really good experts in studio I followed Pat's work for a very long time I've been to one of his, one of his uh, sessions um, and but to bring two experts in who could give you those tools and without been roaring and shouting and the typical New Year's New You vibe where we're not trying to sell you anything we're trying to sell you health and we're trying to sell you health that will last between now and this time next year and to give you some simple tools to make that happen. Unquestionably, the hardest one is your reflection. Uh, no doubt about it whatsoever. It's something I've done for a long, long time. Every year I take about two to three weeks off at Christmas and I reflect on the year, what goals I've hit, what goals I haven't hit. I always have three personal and three uh, business goals to work towards. The business goals generally get hit, the personal ones not quite so much. Uh, but I'm trying to balance that out. Like Pat said, I'm trying to balance, you know, as you get through life, you sort of balance things out a little bit more, a bit more work-life balance, and hopefully this year we'll hit it. But what's, folks, what's your resolution for next year before we close out? Um, <laughs> more, t- more family time is my big one for this year coming. Uh, I have a very understanding wife, to say the least, um, and I want to spend more time with her. It's something I don't do enough of, and Jean, you'll love me now for publicly saying that, so I have to do it. <laughs> I love to work, and it's similar, similar to you both. I'm addicted to what I do. I the, the kick you get from helping people out, be it as a trainer, be it as a speaker, or whatever it may be, is phenomenal. Um, this year, uh, in Just Gone, the goal, and for the last three years, was to have a podcast series that would do really well, and that would really get the message out there. We've done that. 
Um, we've got some funky business stuff coming next year that I can't quite talk about just yet because we're waiting to sort of finalize them. But key one for me is more time and a little bit less work. Um, that's pretty much my big one. Not a bad plan. Well, hopefully. <laughs> the pressure's on there. Public said it, so it has to happen. <laughs> Folks, above all, thank you so much for listening in to the Real Health Podcast over the course of this year. Coming into this, it was a scary project, something that we wanted to do. Uh, we built a fantastic team around us. We've had a year of amazing guests uh, and finishing on two fantastic guests in the studio here today as well. But above all, thank you so much for listening. Um, we're heading over the 700,000 towards the 800,000 listener mark. We're aiming for a million listeners over the course of the first year, the first 52 podcasts. Uh, episodes that we do and when we hit that million we're going to have a big party and knees up in independent news and media we're going to bring you all in and uh, we'll crack at the Prosecco and celebrate but look above all thank you so much for listening and I hope you've had a wonderful Christmas set the right goals for next year don't spend your hard earned cash on a quick fix that isn't going to work take the advice the guys have given on board and put it into action and as ever we shall talk to you next week Slon. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.